Mayor Tory saying today that the city will meet this weekend to begin discussions as to how and when the Toronto economy will reopen. He did say when it does reopen, it will happen slowly. But that is the big question, whether it's us here in Toronto or right across the country. What is the economy going to look like moving forward and into the future after this pandemic? Let's welcome in our friend and futurist Nick Babington. He rejoins us here on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Nick, good afternoon. Hi, Jeff. Nice to talk with you as always. Okay, let's talk about the economy moving forward uh, post uh, COVID. Uh, is the big trend going to be what we're doing right now? A lot of us are working from home. Or are we going to see this sustain this uh, kind of remote working? I, I think that there's a reconfiguration of how we look at the workforce. I think that we're going to see people realizing that they can work from home. And those that really prefer that are going to lean into that a lot more. And businesses won't really be able to say that that's not really sustainable because we're making it work in many, many cases. But I do think that you're going to have people going into the office still. I think that people do crave that, that human connection. That's where creativity really flourishes when people are together. But I think that the, the remote workers and even uh, integrating gig workers into our into our teams is a real possibility going forward. All right. With uh, malls shut down, restaurants shut down as well, are we going to see continued growth when it comes to e-commerce and takeout businesses uh, and delivery businesses like Uber Eats and such? It, it was already growing, and it was already growing at a very, very fast rate. Um, but now this has really sort of put it into overdrive. Are people going to see this as, as the norm going forward? Well, I do think that people are going to start leaning back into wanting to go to restaurants and, and getting out of the house. So I think that we're probably going to go to go back to pre-COVID levels in terms of things like Uber, Uber Eats and Foodora and whatever. I do think the businesses like Amazon are just going through the roof. They're trying to hire 100,000 new workers uh, this year alone. And do you know what? I just think that that is a, is a juggernaut of a business that's just going to get stronger and stronger over time. Speaking of a, a juggernaut, what about uh, alcohol? Because we've heard that alcohol sales are through the roof during the pandemic. Uh, do you think that, I mean, businesses such as wineries and that are going to really thrive and flourish? Yeah, as, as we walk around the city or look around the city, I was out driving earlier today. There's queues around the corners for like uh, beer stores, you know, government-run beer stores and LCBO and whatever. I, I think that, you know, some of the, the smaller breweries, I live right next to Henderson Brewery. There's also downtown winery down in Ossington that I go to as well. Their businesses are just going through the roof, and it's surprising to them. But they're, they're providing that independent business spirit at a time when we need to recognize that that's an important part of our society. All right, let's talk about some businesses that could potentially really be hurt coming out of this COVID pandemic. And one of those uh, you're a little fearful for are small businesses and family-run businesses. Yeah, I mean, look at the high streets uh, around the country and look around Toronto. These businesses that are, that are being run, that are shut now, are, are going to really struggle to open back up You know, over the next couple of years, even if we um, have a sense of inverted commas recovery then they're going to be laden with debt and it's going to be very, very difficult to sort of get out of that. So unfortunately, uh, some aren't going to survive. But what we need to do is we need to get back to these businesses once we do get out of our homes and we can mix and mingle and go and support them uh, more than going to big name brand uh, supermarkets and whatever. Just go and support uh, the local communities. You know, we've heard this from time to time. Communities are being overrun by big boxes, stores. Do you think that this is going to be kind of the death knell then for some of these smaller family-run businesses that these big uh, box stores, these big brand names, they're the ones that are set to really sustain and flourish coming out of this? 
Yeah, I, I, I really do, Jeff. And it, it's a real shame. Um, but you know what? Maybe there's an opportunity for these businesses to come together in coalitions um, to partner up and for, for people to start leaning into, uh, you know, getting their groceries from different places in the larger supermarkets, getting getting various uh, goods from uh, from smaller places versus just going online versus going to the big brands. Uh, it's easy to say that where there's an abundance in places like Toronto. When you go into smaller towns that have been sort of Walmartified, then we've got a, a different story. Yeah, how about artists and cultural facilities? We've seen a lot of musicians uh, online, and they've brought a lot of comfort to people and to their fans by uh, performing. But let's not kid ourselves; they're also trying to keep their name out there and remain uh, relevant. And we've seen Mervish go dark, of course. Uh, Roy Thompson, the Hall. Uh, what's it going to be like for the entertainment industry? Do you think? Yeah, you know, it's not going to shift wholly online. That's not the experience that people really want. This is a stopgap, and I actually think that it's really good. Um, we need to we need to connect with these artists. I mean, we've seen um, symphony orchestras, Winnipeg Symphony Orchestra, sent the band home, BAMP sent for the arts and creativity, given notice to 400 workers. Cirque du Soleil has laid off 5,000 people. It's, this is pretty devastating. And they're larger organizations, these small community-run theaters, uh, the bands that are out there trying to gig and sort of uh, pay their rent and, and provide some, some entertainment value really have to sort of uh, be supported by all of us. And, and I think that I hope, you know, come like early fall, there's going to be lots of little festivals and a big resurgence in terms of community gatherings where entertainment and performing arts can be supported wholesale. All right, just finally, let's talk about the energy sector. There was a big announcement by the federal government earlier today regarding uh, energy. Where are we going when it comes to uh, Canada's energy industry? You know what? We've uh, we, we've been dependent on fossil fuels, oil and gas for, for a long, long time here. Uh, the boom times have gone. Uh, I think uh, COVID-19 and the pandemic has shown us a window into the future of what the world's going to be like when people aren't reliant on oil. Um, we're, we're looking at the wrangling between large organizations and OPEC and, and driving the price of oil down. And now we're just looking at the Premier announcing $1.7 billion cleanup of, of, of what really should be bankrolled by the companies that, <laughs> that actually uh, drag the oil out of the ground. It, it's a very disheartening thing to look at the oil industry in Canada. I think that we need to start looking at renewables seriously. We need to start looking at supergrids. We need to start looking at that transition away from fossil fuels as soon as we can. It's not going to be quick, but I tell you what, we've seen a vision of the future, and that, and that is a world with cleaner air, uh, and that means a better world for our children and beyond. All right, we'll leave it there for now, but to be sure, plenty more to be discussed in the days, weeks, and months ahead. Futurist Nick Babington. Nick, thanks for the time as always. Stay safe this weekend. Thanks very much, Jeff. You take care. Bye-bye.